Welcome to Monsters Among Us. I am your guide, Derek Hayes. Welcome everyone to this very special bonus episode of Monsters Among Us. I'll tell you more about that here in just a hot second. Many of you probably caught this already last night. There was a special sneak preview of Paranormal Caught on Camera Season 2. The television show that's been taking up a ton of my time over the past year. Well, the good news is, if you didn't catch that, Season 2 premieres on January 1st on the Travel Channel. Check your local listings for your exact time. So if that's something you guys are interested in, I highly recommend you check that out. My second announcement is that next week is actually Christmas here in the States. I don't know if I'm going to be putting a show out or not. I will kind of play this one by ear. We have another huge snowstorm coming, of course. So if we have the power and I have the time, of course, I'm going to put a show out. But just in case we don't, uh, fair warning, it may be a little late. And finally, the reason we're here. David Floor of Blurry Photos Podcast, Justin Zinger of Zing This, and myself sat down to speak about Hellier 2. So join us in this little roundtable where we discuss Season 2, a nine-part series. A little disclaimer before we get started. I had some audio issues early on in this roundtable. So after about the 20-minute mark, my audio improved significantly. So uh, I apologize for that, but you're going to have to kind of suffer through like we did. Okay, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, the Hellier 2 Roundtable. Hello and welcome to another roundtable where we get together as podcasters and talk about stuff that we watched on TV. (laughs) Great start, hot. We are covering Hellier 2. Uh, we did this. We did Hellier 1. Yeah, Electric we Return to uh, Hellier. <laughs> electric Boogaloo, I think. Uh, we did this. Uh, it, was, it was about a year ago, wasn't it? Because I was looking at my feed. It was in March. March, I was would say. Was it really? That, it wasn't. Because oh, I was looking at my uh, uh, feed, and I saw that around December, or at least the end of no, yeah, you're right. I think it was around uh, uh, that time because it was like the end, the last episode of my season, which ends around uh, February-ish. But uh, I'm David Flora. I'm from the Blurry Photos Podcast. Uh, gentlemen, go around and let's uh, introduce who you guys are before we get into this thing. Professional David Flora impersonator Justin Zinger from the Zing This Podcast. And I have nothing witty to say, but I am Derek Hayes from Monsters Among Us Podcast. So we are here uh, talking about, like we said, Hellier 2. We've, we've done a few of these that they're always, I mean, for us, they're always pretty fun, uh, especially when we cover things like uh, the man who killed Hitler and then the Bigfoot and uh, Mysterious Monsters, the 1975 documentary. So back at it. Uh, so Hellier 2 just came out from Planet Weird, Greg and Dana Newkirk. and. It expands, it takes what Hellier set up and expands on it. If you haven't seen Hellier 2, this will be rife with spoilers. So if you if you don't want anything spoiled, go watch it and then come back and listen to uh, what we thought of it. We're going to give you all our takes on it, uh, some of the things we thought about. I, I, we're, we're just going to kind of kind of decompress and and try to put into words what's going on in our heads after seeing this thing that's the goal there's so many synchronicities <laughs> wait you guys are going to do that right because i have no idea what's going on here yeah uh hellier 2 sponsored by big synchronicity 
I, I hope those guys are getting paid by that industry, the synchronicity industry. So lots of stuff to cover in this. There were, there were so many ideas that came up in this, I guess you can call it season. It's season two of it. That's kind of how we're differentiating things these days on television. So what did you guys think uh, initially going into it before watching it? Did you have any expectations? Were you hoping for anything? Well, I'll kick this off with uh, saying I expected to be disappointed. Well, no, I wouldn't even say disappointed because I didn't like the first one. I, I, I'll i come right out and say I didn't. En- I enjoyed watching it a little bit, but I didn't like it. Uh, there was a lot of problems I had with it. I didn't understand what was happening. And so I went into this one thinking I'm probably not going to like this one either. And I wasn't disappointed. But <laughs> there, there, there's a silver lining here, and I think I'm going to kind of wait to the end to talk about that. But uh, things changed for me toward the end of the, the second series. So uh, it, it was interesting. Let's just put it that way. Well, I had known this was coming out. I was completely kind of taken aback when it did come out because I forgot it was coming out. And then I got a message that said, hey, you need to watch this in like the next week. And it's been a fun (laughs) week, guys. Um, I went into this one after I'm going to tell the full meeting them at Mothman story at the end. But I I talked to them a little bit there and they kind of were like, hey, if you like the first season, you're going to like this one. I was like, "Uh uh-huh. And um (laughs) And I, I, there, there's, there's a very good section of this. I feel it's right in the middle where I really jumped on board. Hmm. Of the second season or the, the whole yeah, series altogether? Yeah, the, 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 the second season. I mean, the first, as I said, in the first season, episode one, I was like, this is amazing. This is going somewhere. I, I want to be on this, 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 this bus. And then by the end of it, I'm like, I should have gotten off like three stops ago because <laughs> it just kind of just, I, I, I just, the, the 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 thing that kept getting me is the um the talking box thing, mm-hmm. and that's something to where I feel like if I experienced it myself, I'd be more like wow. But for me, it's just this this doesn't translate for me. They don't use it as much in the second season, and there is some interesting stuff going on at one point. But then it takes a direction I wasn't expecting, and kind of peters out at the end to a hey, we're there's more out there. Mm-hmm. So. Anyways, let's set our clocks for season three next year. Yeah, pretty sure they'll they'll probably get a season three. And it looks like um, from the ratings on Amazon, it looks like they are very favorably uh, viewed by the watchers. They have quite a few like five star ratings on this and stuff. And um, me for me going into it, I was I was kind of a blend like you guys. Like the first season. I really felt like there was there were stones that were overturned, but then le- they they just left them where they were, and those were the things that I really wanted them to follow up on. I think we mentioned in that first one uh, about the cave systems, mm-hmm. all the connections between everything, mm-hmm. and by the end of the the first season, I was kind of like, well, it it looked like they really ran out of stuff and pulled in a lot of weird elements that um, you know have have no real basis for investigating stuff at least scientifically now they set up season two as oh stuff's not over you know there were things that we didn't figure out and were kind of being led along and so when it started up it was it was pretty interesting that whole there's more to this there's somebody out there that is kind of playing with us we don't know what's going on, but we're getting these clues and there's like almost a map that, that they are piecing together and then following. So like about halfway through season two, and it's what, 10 episodes? Yes. I think yes. it's it's nine, actually. Is it nine? Um, yeah. Uh, no, it's 10. Is it? Right. Well, it's around in there. It's too many. <laughs> it's too many episodes. <laughs> about, about halfway through, they lost me. And then by the end again, I came at, and, and Derek might... Um, this might be what you're you're hinting at as well. By the end, I came back around to like a different perspective on how to watch the show, mm-hmm. which which made it. I don't know if I would say it more enjoyable, but I understood it more, and that's that's what I feel like we can get around to talking to in in this episode. So going into it, I guess I didn't have 
terribly high hopes. And I think they at least met those hopes and I would say surpassed them a little bit. So I don't know. Was, was this season better? It's, it's pros and cons. You know what I mean? Also, wasn't this one released as like a dump instead of last year where it was episodic? No, they dumped it last year as well because I remember binging on like five or something like that. Okay, I just I was trying to think. So I'm like, I thought this came out like one to like over a few weeks, but I am incorrect on that. So yeah, binging this was was a a task. I'm, I'm not saying that negatively. It's just like I said oh, I wasn't on board for everything. Yeah, it's there's a lot to digest there. And and there's a lot going on that they once again kind of blow past that point and then it's like, wait, are we gonna go back to that at any time? Um something else I wanted to point out, did anyone have any because I know I, I spoke about like how the first episode of the first season kind of gripped you with fear. Did anyone else have like any moments in this one that kinda got them on the edge of their seat? I didn't. And I know ex- I know exactly what you mean. Like in that first season, there were times where like it got goosebumpy in in the stuff. Mm-hmm. That first episode, yeah, where they're talking yeah. about the yep. goblins, the caves, the footprints, the pictures, and also the spirit box. I think was a creepy section in that first uh, season where they're on the porch. You know, yeah. If I mean for me, this one, I think I having seen all that and going into this, it fell flat in terms of fear for me. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I didn't have any like gasping moments or any like uh, goosebump moments, if you will, like I had in the first episode. I, I remember, you know, when when Greg was talking about the goblin reading the letter from uh, what was it, Danny Christie? Is that what his name was? Or David, something? David Christie. David Christie. Uh, when he's reading that email, like, yeah, for sure. Season two didn't. It had like that slow burn. It didn't have that upfront. Here's what we're going to talk about. Kind of promise. It had the. Uh, here's the ride. At the end of the ride, we're going to tell you what you just experienced. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly how it played out. So the part that, that kind of made put put goosebumps on my skin was there was a point where they, um, I think it was the Altar episode six, where the first season premieres. And there's a moment where they're like going over, like where they're playing like different news reports and stuff and different podcasters yeah. talking <laughs> about Hellier. And there was a moment there where I went, uh oh. <laughs> I had the exact same moment. Because I'm like when I heard that I'm like, oh no, please don't pick us. Don't pick us. I was I was seriously like say nice things. Like I that. was bracing to hear like one of our voices and then see like secret transmission <laughs> podcast as the one it originated from because I'm like, I didn't get an email or anything to use the audio. Oh no, Toby! <laughs> but but no, I mean it, it was cool to see like there because this this all happens and it's weird because it happens pre the first season coming out, then post the first season coming out, mm-hmm. and they get a lot more responses to stuff, and there's there's a lot more leads, and they say that they're sifting through them and everything too. But that's the other thing is they point out this whole thing of like that there is. All these other people now watching season one and picking up on stuff they didn't even think about or didn't even that that didn't even come to them. And I'm like, that's actually kind of interesting is now you've got this like whole entire world of people looking at like dissecting like every instance of stuff. And there's a lot of numbers and a lot of coordinates and a lot of stuff in season two that I'm sure that when season three comes out for this, I'm sure they'll be able to. Have more people being like, oh, did you know that this number actually means this? Because that, that's where it kind of lost me at points, was was the whole the number significance to stuff. It is weird that it does match up to stuff, but for me, I'm just kind of like, I'm cool. Yeah, I had the, the same line of thought uh, kind of led me to a place right in the middle of it where I, and I'll just, I'll come out and say it now so we don't beat around the bush, but like, at one point, I was just like, oh, they're making all of this up. Like, <laughs> like this is mm-hmm. all manufactured so that they can create a compelling story. Yeah. And that's that hit me. And that's and I watched the rest of it with this perspective of, oh, look at look at all these elements they're tying in. 
look how they are using that to tell this story. Yeah. And I think that's very interesting. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, but at the same time, there is, there is a little twinge of like, yeah, but should you be portraying this as 100% real? There's something going on. There's gods and goddesses in the universe. And like some people really believe this stuff or you're like giving credence to the, to that idea. So to me, at the end of it all, I, I came away as like, this was a very interesting, like almost augmented reality story kind of thing. Like they are, they are real, but it's a story, but it's, you know, there's all these elements from people who have thought that things were in this and that. And so that's, that's kind of, it shifted my perspective on watching it. And when that happened, it made it more enjoyable for me. So that's not necessarily like me saying that was a bad thing. You know what I mean? I completely agree. And the exact same thing actually happened to me. And this was last night I was watching this. I sat down, I was watching the final episode. And it, to this point, I'm still a little bit bitter uh, that I sat through all of this. Uh, it's a long show. And I'm not saying it was, it was poorly done. It was beautiful. The score was beautiful. Yeah, the music's great. Uh, I thought the editing was much better this, uh, this season. Uh, I didn't have a lot of complaints other than it was taking forever. And I didn't really know where all this was going. It's just uh, yarn after yarn after yarn after yarn. I'm like, all right, come on. Eventually, you're going to have to pull on one of these things. And then, like you said, it clicked. Like, just like that, this is made up. This is fiction. This is not a documentary. This is a story that these that these guys are telling. And then I started running this whole series, not just season two, but season one, back through my head. And how brilliant did they... How brilliant were they? Did they put this together? Like all these pieces tie in. Like this is a difficult story to tell, let alone create. Mm-hmm. So a lot of props to these guys. Uh, everything I said in, in the first recording we did, the first roundtable, I take all of it back. Now knowing what I'm watching, I, I think it's great. I, I think it's I think it's brilliant. So wait, you two are under the opinion that this is all staged? A hundred percent. I think if not all, then quite a bit of it. Most. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because I had that thought at the end of the last episode, I was watching it, and I'm like, what if they've staged all this? And I'm like, it's almost too elaborate, but at the same time, it's almost too easy <laughs> to, to, because it's one of those things, and it's, it's, it's like if someone creates like a, um, like a scavenger hunt, but it's so impossible to even start it. Then what's the point of even it's it's then that's, that's the thing I got me was I was like, well, that's where this could be something to where they're fabricating some of this. Cause there is no, it's, it's just, how is somebody going to find that little tiny piece of information in and I'm I'm sorry, maybe I'm just a blabbermouth, but if I had information and someone came to me, I wouldn't be like, keep digging. I'd be like, here's the next step. I'm going to make this clear in front for you guys. You need to go down that road over there about two miles and then take a turn, and there'll be something there you need to look at. Not, well, some roads you might need to travel down. Yeah. <laughs> maybe not far enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, where's the mystery in that though? I mean, <laughs> well, that's they're, they're, they're laying out a mystery for us and themselves to solve. So, you know, by spelling everything out, obviously that's not going to be a fun watch. And, and I guess I should retract a little bit and say, I don't think they made everything up. I, I honestly think that the original email was, was real. It came through, they reacted maybe the first two or three episodes were them reacting to it. Then they started to see all these synchronicities and just started following it and next thing they knew they had kind of created this world that they're now exploring and investigating and filming and you know why not i mean it it worked out great my only complaint is that and looking back they never said this is a true story they never once claimed it so i can't really fault them but at the same time they didn't come out and say hey this is you know a little bit fabricated like some of this stuff is false and i don't know where the responsibility falls if they have to say something like that. I mean, this, uh, you know, uh, the underworld movies didn't come out and say, oh, hey, guys, there really aren't under uh, werewolves and vampires. Like, this isn't a real thing. No, but it says so, at the end of every movie, it has the all the all these events are based on fictional people unless otherwise stated. That's true. But they have to put that in every <laughs> every film legally. So and it's probably in Hellier if they if they did it correctly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think it's. I'm with you, Derek. Like, I don't, I don't think it was completely 100% um, just written up. They're taking very, I guess, real stories and encounters from people and ideas that have been out there in the, you know, the, the circles we run in 
for a while and they're just uh, tying it together in an interesting narrative and i think yeah th- i think they might have started out looking for something mm-hmm. and and again this is i should point out this is speculative we we obviously don't know 100% this is all made up so I, i'll of I will, course <laughs> i will caveat it with that <laughs> but um you do have uh, the all these narratives and i think that they maybe followed up on stuff and just ran into a dead end and then they they tried to look elsewhere for more that and and it all just sort of started snowballing and got together in this this narrative this world as you said that they created mm-hmm. and um i think that they were able to then pull from lots of disparate ideas out there to serve them in in this narrative and it does it in a very interesting but a little bit chaotic way which is you know sometimes fun to watch and i think that there was a heavy hand of improvisation in this Mm. just like okay we have this information let's sit around and let's talk about it and let's see what we come up with and where this leads and what we say as if as if it is like 100% real and the universe is guiding us kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. I, I just kept getting that impression from it. And the funny thing is I never got it until that last episode. It, there was a point. It was just like a, a point where it clicked in my head like, wait a minute. Same. <laughs> it, it was like that. It was so weird. And it seems like all three of us had that exact same experience. Well, mine was when he found the balloon in the woods. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, that balloon, he dropped it and then went back and walked up on it. <laughs> like yeah well if you're driving from atlanta to cincinnati you're not on a road that looks like that you're taking i-75 oh no taking- i'm not even talking about that one um which yeah that one was placed too but like <laughs> i'm talking about when tyler strand was in the the coordinates at brown mountain or whatever oh okay you know sure a balloon can float there i'm not saying a balloon can't end up at that very spot but it was a pretty fresh looking balloon that he pulled up out there off the ground. Yeah. See, and this is... I mean, that chopper flew by, though. Oh, the chopper. What? Watch out. There aren't choppers in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a true statement. Uh, uh, let me tell you what. If that is, if that is reconnaissance, <laughs> then I am under surveillance big time. Because everywhere I go, I have videos on my iPhone of all these black helicopters flying 20 feet off the ground. David was with me. We were... <laughs> uh, recently, we were in the desert. It was awesome. There were black helicopters they were, everywhere. They were flying by like every 10 minutes. It's, it's like there's training exercises or something they were doing. It doesn't even, doesn't even have to be that. Like, it's so funny. But And and I love, like, it's perfect. If Derek, you if you and I were out there, we'd have probably done... We were like, oh, shit, they're on to us. Let's get out of here. <laughs> oh, I would have, would have done the same thing and played it up a little bit because that's what you do. You're making a film. Yeah. And I kind of lost sight of that with the first one because I thought it was a documentary. I yeah. thought this was 100% genuine. I thought everything they're saying was gospel. Uh, I guess it's naive on my part. <laughs> but now knowing what I know, I, I, I enjoy it. It allows me to suspend my belief just enough to enjoy it. That's what it does. Yeah. So I have an interesting thing that kind of is a synchronicity, if you would. Oh, I won't. <laughs> I had to watch this in basically two chunks. I watched a lot of it on... Um, on one day, and then I watched like a few episodes to kind of finish it up. During that time, I finished rereading God, uh, American Gods. The um, oh my gosh, I just forgot his name. Neil Gaiman. Neil, Neil Gaiman book. I just finished rereading that again because I felt like reading it. I hadn't gotten to the part about them talking about Pan and all these gods and stuff. So it was kind of a weird thing. I just got done reading a book about how gods live among us. <laughs> And then the show, they're talking about how gods could still live among us. I'm like, oh, that's weird. Because it, it doesn't come up at all until one episode, and then it's full force after that. But here's the weird thing. They talk about them doing this occult ritual. This whole thing to where there's this ritual and stuff they're doing. What if that's the whole purpose of this show? Is for them to like do some ancient ritual thing in their mind. Because I'm I'm thinking about it in a sense of, well, once again, synchron- weird synchronicity. Um, in American Gods, the more people believe in something, the stronger it becomes. In this, the more people believe in something, the stronger it could become. So you're saying they're trying to get the masses to re-believe in Pan and therefore bring him about? Is that what you're getting at? Man, it's just all tulpas to me. 
that wasn't a no. <laughs> to to me, I kind of I kind of took this as the passing of the of the uh, the key or, or what's the term um, when you hand down the passing of the torch. Thank you, jeez, the passing of the torch uh, from people like Indrid Cold and uh, whoever these other euphemisms John Keel. John, well, yeah, kind of John Keel types to these guys. Like they're the next ciphers. They're the next uh, decoders that are gonna. Uh, you know, bring in the next round of weirdness, I guess. I, I don't really know the, what they're supposed to do, but it seems like there's some sort of passing of the torch going on here is, is what they're trying to imply. Well, I think they're on the right path. I mean, they may be manufacturing it for themselves, but they're doing a damn good job yeah. at it. Yeah. And I think they, you know, a lot of people are taking them very seriously and respectfully uh, like that, which, you know, I think there is a degree of that that's that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> like they, they're doing a, they're doing a very interesting job i would say i don't know if like ethically i would i would agree if if this is all 100 percent made up but like as far as telling us as being storytellers as being paragons in this world they're doing that well they're mm-hmm. becoming that they're coming into their own for that so yeah it's it is it is interesting to watch let me propose so, a quick question sorry Jenger. Um, no no go go ahead let's just pretend for a hot second that that we're wrong this isn't made sure. up. This isn't fictional. Then what? Uh, who's who's sending these messages? Is this alien? Is this inter- interdimensional? Is this just some super smart dude to come up with some sort of cipher and is just really messing with these guys? Like, if this is real, what are we talking about here? That goes back to the the thing that I mentioned earlier about how many different ideas are in this, which was one of the cons for me. Mm-hmm. And I know I like all the big, you know, everything that falls under the um, umbrella of weird stuff as much as the next guy. But for this, it kind of got chaotic when they're talking about uh, injured cold and Mothman. Mm. They're talking about numerology. Okay, I'm still on board. They're talking about witchcraft and witch rituals. Mm-hmm. They're talking okay, this about. This bus is going faster. They're talking about ghosts and talking to the spirits. They're talking about aliens and abduction. Cryptids. Uh, they're talking about cryptids. They're talking about... Secret societies. Secret societies, hypnosis and regression. Government cover-ups. Government cover-ups. Alien abduction. There's, you're right. There's tons of stuff. Ciphers and codes. I feel like there's even a couple that I'm big ones that I got. I mean, the, the cave system, they, they revisited that thankfully, yeah. even though they didn't do it. Well, plus all the like, equipment, the spirit box and the, uh, Estes mm-hmm. method and all this other stuff that they're using. That's all included. In that was this. like 10 things. These are all, all ideas that they are putting into a, what we say? Nine or 10 episode season. And it kind of like fried my brain. Uh, mm-hmm. at the end of it because there's there were so many ideas for that so i i kind of wish they had focused on you know just a few of them but uh, i don't know like can you well they, they they're talking about gods stuff, and mythology that they called stuff the back all the time from season one so uh, potentially we could see this stuff again in season three it may not yeah. be a dead end it, it may be called back so i just had a realization go for about it. something okay just, just everyone try to try to wrap your head around this real quick. So, they had that one incident where they showed that their their one friend who didn't believe in aliens wasn't really on board with all that stuff. They get a hypnotist to put him under, uh-huh. and then what happens to him after that? He believes that he was abducted and believes in all this stuff. What if the whole thing, once again, going back to this whole thing being some weird ritual, is them getting everyone to believe in this stuff? And to believe in the story they're telling. They showed how they did it right in front of our eyes. And and what do you think is the will be the result of that? What are they what's their goal? To get a TV series. <laughs> <laughs> that does that's kinda like It's like trying to plug in a plug with another plug. Um <laughs> <laughs> like so that so they want all this ritual and stuff and people to have you know belief in this just so that they can get a get on TV the, 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 so, so they can continue well, they're already the, on TV they're on well, Amazon Prime so they, they're making not a ton of money but they're making money off of this I'm sure project. they're making some yeah yeah but they can continue to do this because of course where they get they're they're feeding this monster of they're going to get more reports they can investigate. They're going to get more reports they can look into. And am I correct that someone who is a teacher threw away their life in this documentary too? Well, that's what they said. 
Okay. The, the lady, the lady that was in the jail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I was like, I think she said that like the whole situation made her go like looking into stuff, and that's what got her thrown in jail. Well, essentially, what I gathered from that was that she was camping in a trailer, heard a woman screaming in the woods, and her boyfriend wouldn't allow her to go check it out. Turns out she believes it's uh, some sort of crime syndicate or some. Uh, underground government cover-up, sex cult, sex cult. Or, uh, who knows what it is? I don't even think it's the government. I think it's just the Somerset. Yeah, uh, just maybe local people. government or something. It's like uh, what's the Bachelor? Not Bachelor's Grove. Uh, that's Chicago. What's the one uh, by San Francisco where all the presidents and stuff meet? That secret Bohemian Bohemian Grove. Grove. Yeah. Kind of has blow this wide open. Kind of shades yeah, of Bohemian <laughs> Bohemian Grove there, but uh, essentially, so she started investigating. And what I gather is she did some breaking and entering, and maybe that's what she got busted for. But they were mm. very vague about it. It was just a brief mention. And uh, obviously, they beeped out all her personal information. They only said her name was Amy, and they didn't say what she was actually incarcerated for or anything. So we're, you know, we're left to assume. Uh, you know, doing some investigating, some light B&E, it's cool. It's totally cool. I mean, it could, happen to, it could happen to any of us. I've definitely done my share of being, well... <laughs> Not breaking, but definitely entering a, a, a place I wasn't supposed to be in, you know, in the vein of ghost hunting. So, ah, hey, <laughs> I wasn't you stealing and me anything. Hint, hint. <laughs> well, just... here, here's here's the other thing. I, I don't think they mentioned exactly what she did because they were probably doing it themselves and hadn't gotten caught and were like, oh, oh, probably we better not mention what she's doing. Well, yeah, go, let's go back to this Tyler Strand thing when he was at um, uh, Brown Mountain, which, by the way, and I don't know if these numbers actually add up. I'm going on a tangent here. Just hold on. Uh, the GPS coordinates led them to Brown Mountain, but also translated into two or three different messages. If that actually happened, that's that's insane. That, that that's possible. Of, of all places, Brown Mountain, where of course the Brown Mountain lights, famous spook lights that have been there for hundreds of years. Uh, the fact that all those numbers seem to add up like that, uh, that really seemed to hit me pretty hard. And. Uh, the police presence that he talked about. Let's just pretend that this is real again. Why were all those... Didn't record any of it. Well, I get why he didn't. You know, if a cop yeah, sneaks up on re- you, you don't <laughs> true, really have true, time true, to, like, true. bust out your camera equipment, especially if you think you might be going to jail. Let's just say, again, that it's that it was fictional, or not fictional, it was uh, an actual thing that took place. Why? What are those police there? What are they... Uh, covering up? What are they hiding? Uh, what are they looking for? Is it just because it's Brown Mountain and they're used to weirdos hanging out there? What's going on there? I might have an unpopular opinion on that one. So, growing up in a roughly rural area, and actually in the town I live in now, if you get pulled over by the police, expect like three or four more cops to show up for no apparent reason other than they have nothing better to do. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's happened to me. Plus, out-of-state tags. I mean, I'm sorry. If you got out-of-state tags and you're somewhere and you might be even doing something vaguely, guess what? They could write you a ticket. You ain't going to drive back all the way back to, where Where was it, Pennsylvania you had to go back to? Uh, Cincinnati was the home base, but he's from uh, Minnesota, like, I believe. Yeah, Minnesota. Yeah. I, I, I like the addition of, of Tyler Strand. I actually found him to be the most likable out of them. I, I would I would watch that dude go on... on uh, <laughs> <laughs> All kinds of adventures. Yeah, yeah I thought yeah. he was pretty fun with an undercharged cell phone. <laughs> he, he seemed oh, he seemed pretty gun ho. Here's the synchronicity for you guys. So I I just got done watching I think that balloon episode where he was uh, he found the balloon in the forest, and I just uh, looked down on my phone and like um, got into Facebook, and it was like people you may know Tyler Strand. Oh, that <laughs> happened to you today too. That happened to that happened to me, and I was. I like, got three of them. Okay, Google or <laughs> Facebook algorithm that's listening to me right now. Like, thanks a lot. Well, do you guys ever do this? Where uh, this is another tangent, but where you're thinking about something. Like, uh, I'm always working on my cabin here. Like, this place is falling apart. So the other day, I was thinking about uh, gutters, like spouting and stuff. But I was, I didn't say it out loud. I was thinking about it, and ads came up on Facebook. They came up on Instagram for like seamless gutters, like all the, just out of nowhere. Didn't say a word. It was all in my head. And sure enough, and it's not the first time it's happened. It's happened several times. And I see other people talk about it, you know, on yep. social media. It, it, that's, that's some weird stuff. I don't know if it's a coincidence, synchronicity, if you will, but it's uh, <laughs> kind of creepy. Creeps it's, me out. It, 
It's happened to me before, too, and yes, I am somebody that does have a few of the listening devices or whatever sitting around, but Mm -hmm. I've never, I've been talking about stuff before, like right almost directly into one, and I never saw an ad for it. So I'm like... I've actually eh. tried that. Like, uh, Sarah and I had a conversation, this was a while back, we're like, I wonder, like, how she knows we're wanting to buy something rather than just discussing it. So we tried to make something, it was the most obscure thing, like... I don't know. It was I need dish soap. Something gr- grill cover. <laughs> no, it was so obscure. Like nobody would ever even search for this thing, and I can't remember what it was. Like I think it was like a grill cover or something. And we just kept talking about it. Oh, cover the grill. Get a grill grill cover. We got to go buy a grill cover. And nothing happened. It never gave us the advertisement. So I don't know what the actual algorithm algorithm is. What are they listening for? Do they know when we're trying to trick it? Like it's. Uh, not trying to be a shill Too for late. the government or for Amazon, but apparently if you're not saying the um the word, it's not really paying any attention to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I, that that only <laughs> happens to me when I like search for something. You know, if I'm already looking for it or something, uh, I've I've never had the AI like tap into my brain waves and and figure it out. Like, look Derek for has. it. Look for it now. I bet you you'll oh, notice right. it. It's the freakiest right. thing, and and I'm not even like a big government I've, conspiracy I've, guy. I've had like, it happen to me, man. It's I've weird. had it happen to me where I've thought about something, and then I go, and it's like the first ad that pops up, and it's not something I normally would look for. Super weird. So yep. you said earlier that you thought there was less of the spirit box and stuff, because I found that they were, I thought they were whipping that thing out like right and left in season two. Um, and then they brought out that God helmet thing that they talked about. And I, I'm like, let me try some of this stuff. I want to see what it's like. <laughs> well, that, that that's the thing. I want to try it. Hold up a second, Justin. Before you answer that question, that's how I figured out it wasn't real. When it dawned on me that we don't hear a single word they hear in any of the headphones, that's when it dawned on me that this is fictional. Because if it was real, we would hear that or we would have the option to hear that. Because why would they bury that kind of information? I I also find it a little suspect that you can't hear somebody who is right behind your head and what they're saying so that, you know, to set up the premise that he's he's being um, pumped words through this white noise thing and headphones and somebody's one foot away from him, like answering him and asking questions and they're supposed to not be able to communicate quote unquote mm-hmm. i i found that very suspect too like why don't you put her outside yeah you know yeah. and have him no actually i was thinking when i was watching this i'm like go get a stranger go get a volunteer that knows absolutely nothing about this entire case put them in that situation and let them talk and see what they come up with um again that's these are reasons why i, I believe it's fictional because they don't do these kind of things which i'm completely fine with again knowing that it's a fictional uh, story you know a uh, not a documentary, I guess. I'm okay with it, but it's just learning all this stuff is like, it's kind of fun, actually. I'll be honest. It's kind of fun to like go back and like discover all these little things that are hidden in there. Yeah. Like if you take this as uh, another, uh, like a modern day Blair Witch. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's a good comparison. That's kind of how I started looking at it. Yes. And it's like, wow, you know, it is really, and like you said, Derek, there's a ton of ideas that, they had they were really smart to like tie it all together and figure out how how things connected in there. I mm-hmm. think that took a lot of work. Again, uh, this is going off the speculation of just this immense feeling that I have that everything is is completely manufactured. At least a lot of the stuff is completely manufactured. So, or at the very least, a lot of these bridges are manufactured. Like from mm-hmm. point A to point B. Like, well, let's just fudge the truth here a little bit. And no one's checking these numbers. No one's at doing all this math. No one. Does anybody actually check the coordinates? Are they actually Brown Mountain? We don't even know that. So, yeah, I I don't think they would fudge stuff like that. I hope That's not. Easily hope not. checkable. Yeah, yeah but um, it's in, in the the other thing that um. The two things that really kind of freaked me out in this season were we had mentioned the 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 eyes wide shut cult in Somerset, mm. uh, like mm-hmm. that. That's just that that is freaky, just because it's humans doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, like, it's very plausible cares? too. That could. It's happen. very plausible. Yeah. yeah. Did they ever find any solid thing on that though? Well, not really. They tried to say that that one house Tyler went to had a tree carved on a man, a face carved in the tree. And you know how many of those I saw I can find anywhere? <laughs> well, you're surrounded by six cults then. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> the other 
The other thing that I found pretty disturbing was the whole idea of this Terry Wrist character, who they set up as a real person in this season, and sounds pretty disturbing mm-hmm. as a person. Yeah. The idea of that is also freaky to me. And plausible. So they did point out the whole terrorist yeah. thing, right? In the first well, they season, they, yeah, they made Okay, the, I was like, I thought they did in the first season. They said it again in this one. I'm like, was that just us making jokes in the previous record? Or did they actually recognize how, like, on the nose that is? Yeah, no, they, they, they definitely, yeah, they, they they definitely mentioned that, yeah. Yeah, because they, they brought it up in this one. I was like, okay, cool. I was hoping someone would say it at some point. I think it actually helped bolster the um, the character that they came up with for, for Terry Wrist in this. You know, thinking that it, it was just a made-up nobody, and then you find out, oh, no, it's actually a somebody, and this somebody is something else. He's a force of nature. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? He's, he's plugged into everything. Yeah. And so I was disappointed that they, like, they dropped that, that we never heard back, you know, about about this mm-hmm. guy they set up. We never heard about Indrid Cold anymore, which they were really hot on the trail of, pun intended. Uh, uh-huh. And then... <laughs> So maybe like season three, we hear from this uh, Connor and Con- Connard, which I thought they were saying Connor and Connor. <laughs> I did too like for the first over. like six times. I'm like, man, <laughs> yeah. that Indrid Cold is an unoriginal bastard. <laughs> <laughs> that was an interesting path that they just left. And then they, they went on, like they set up all these uh, bowling pins in each lane and they just went down the alley, down down the the bowling alley, setting up the pins, and then just left left the lights on yeah. <laughs> and walked out yeah. and drove home. And a few, let's keep going with this. A metaphor. few of them on the way out the door, they stopped and threw a ball, got a spare. Because <laughs> that last episode, they they get a few callbacks that that kept me interested. Mm-hmm. I, I'm guessing that season three is really going to start connecting all this stuff together. They're going to have time to to come up with a lot of this, a lot of these connections and. Yeah, I bet it's going to be pretty interesting. Uh, there was another thing I wanted to touch on before we get too far out of this. Uh, I can't think of her name. Uh, Indrid, um, Woody Derenberger's daughter. Daughter, yeah. Tanya. Tanya, that's right, Tanya. That was weird. That was super weird because I've seen interviews. I know Seth Breedlove did an interview with her uh, on his Mothman documentary a few years back, and she didn't come off, you know, wacky like that. Like, oh, yeah, he stops by and... The kids stop by and all oh, none of the staff sees him and like he's a magic whaley and like all this other crap that it really started to get out of hand. She didn't sound like that in that in that interview. So I'm not real sure if they're like, hey, will you ham this up for us a little bit? Or, you know, what, <laughs> what's going on here? Like, it was a little strange to me. Oh, that's interesting. It makes me wonder, you know, we, we say if if we go all along with the thought that this is manufactured, it makes me wonder how many people were involved as either actors or they were unknowing actors. So like mm-hmm. she, I don't think she, I mean, I, I, how, how would I know? But I would, I would assume she wouldn't go along with like making stuff up. She, she told what was true to her and then they elaborated on it in their own way. Could be, or could have edited in a way that, um, that made it sound more, you know, for what the, the storyline they were, they wanted, but yeah. cause like, she's a real person. Yeah, she is. Yeah. I recognize her. Yeah. So, but you know what I'm saying? Like, she's a real person. They, they didn't like hire her as an actor, but I don't know, like the, the lady that was supposed to be calling from prison, like is, was that a real person from prison? She could have believed it herself too. So it could have been a real person there, but yeah, it's something to think about. I think that's part of what makes this so believable and so good. I mean, it fooled me mm-hmm. for 20 episodes. Sure. Um, and that's hard to, uh, I'm not bragging, but that's hard to do. I watch a lot of movies. I went to film school. I worked in film for years. It's difficult to fool me on a film. And they did, at least in my opinion, they did. And I think a lot of it comes down to the talent in the in the film. Um, E.L. Tinney, uh, Greenfield, uh, Tanya, uh, I don't know what her last name is, um, Derenberger, Originally, sure. All these people are real people, yeah, and they sounded so genuine in these interviews, and that's because they probably were. They're talking about stuff they know. They're talking about experiences that they claim to have had. They've been talking about these for years, so that's natural to them. Uh, some of this information, especially with like Tinny and Greenfield, like uh, these uh, these codes, and I, I don't know a lot about about this numerology stuff, but 
they seem to know their stuff there. So all this information is just regurgitated information for them. It makes it all sound so genuine and so uh, factual when in reality, I feel like maybe it wasn't, but that's why it came off so realistic. Yeah. It makes me wonder how much they, they believed in what these guys were doing mm-hmm. or if how it was explained to them. Now, can you imagine if, you know, like I said earlier, this stuff is all true. Let's just say none of it's fabricated. Right, right. How pissed off those guys are listening to this episode. We keep saying. <laughs> well, and well, they have every right to be. Of if course they if do. It's yeah, if it's real, yeah, sure. of course they do. Yes. But like, that would mean that all this stuff, like, like I said, gods uh, or, or, or entities of, of nature are real. There's uh, goblins running around be- beneath us. There are, uh, that numerology is, is real, which is completely not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that is not a real uh, a thing that works or anybody can. Well, did you see things in the film that, that you thought didn't work? Or Well, I mean, they did that whole ritual with the, the, the witchcraft and even they were like we're disappointed because nothing happened oh I thought you meant with numerology specifically but with numerology well with numerology all they were working with I guess were, was that cipher and stuff but they kept bringing up like the power of numbers and this and that and how like oh the the 93 is, is something that this thing believes in because of the uh, power of numbers and stuff but <laughs> well I'm not smart enough to follow it so you could tell me anything and I'm like oh yeah that sounds right and I don't want anyone listening to this to get bored out of their mind and careen <laughs> off the road while driving. That's <laughs> right. Well, so, so how about a little up. synchronicity for you guys? I went to the store today and my change was seven dollars and seventy-seven cents. <gasps> didn't they talk Whoa. about? They talked about that in in the in the series, didn't they? It was like the opposite of six six six. It represented the Trinity or something. Seven seven seven. Yeah. Really? I, I heard that recently. Oh, I, I thought I it was remember. on Hellier. Maybe it was somewhere else. Well, like. I'm not religious. I have no idea. Three and seven are important to to Christianity. So like synchronicity everywhere. <laughs> yeah, they they put whatever belief they want onto stuff. It's confirmation bias. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been playing Halo Reach recently, and that I mean, Bungie's obsessed with the number seven, so that's in there a lot. <gasps> synchronicity. At one point, Zenger sent a text out saying that uh, we had to drink every time they said the word <laughs> synchronicity. Oh my god! And you would have. <laughs> That's why Toby's not hospital on the show today. Visit. He actually had alcohol poisoning. He's still in the hospital. He's yeah. recovering. But we think yeah, he's going to be okay. We should have put that disclaimer at the top. Do not Do play not. the drinking game <laughs> with synchronicity. synchronicity. You will die. I mean, here's here's the funny thing. They're, they're even in on that joke because I just was on Twitter a little bit ago, and I think uh, Newkirk... Like posted a picture, it's like swear jar, and it was empty, and then synchronicity jar, and it was like overflowing. <laughs> so I mean, they're 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 totally on board with some of this stuff and everything. And they they came off a lot more likable in this episode to yes, me they than did. they did in the in the <laughs> or, uh, sorry not episode but this uh, season than they did the previous season for me for some reason. And I, I don't know what it is. Um, I, I don't know, but just the, the team in in general, they just came off. Uh, more approachable, I guess. I, I don't know. It was, maybe it's the familiarity of, of already seeing season one, but uh, it definitely helped me to enjoy this a little better. I felt they came off a little bit more likable in this one, definitely. Um, I guess I better rip off this Band-Aid now real quick. <laughs> so I actually got to meet them, and they were some of the nicest people I have they ever met. They got to meet you, Zanger. You, it's all in the wording. Come on. Oh, true. No, 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 no. Let me tell the story because they technically got to meet David Flora. <laughs> and what I will explain this? that. What is What are you talking about? Oh, boy. So, so I went to the Mothman Festival and I was wearing a Blurry Photos t-shirt. Actually, oh. the same one that, that you have bestowed upon me at a mo- previous Mothman Festival. Because I was like, I'm not going to be a dummy and wear my own shirt today. <laughs> so... I went and I was walking around and, and I, I saw small town monsters and I was like, oh, cool. I need to make sure to, to get an interview done with them. And then I'm like looking and I see like a giant goblin face and I'm like, huh, that's weird. And I couldn't get to where like the goblin face was. So I was like, I'm just going to walk down and come back. because there was a lot of people because it was right behind where the statue was. So I walk by and I see this guy with gray hair. I'm like, why does that guy look familiar? <laughs> And it was bothering me, and I'm like, oh, whatever. So I double back, go around, and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's a hellier like setup. Like it was a big stand, like not standy, but a big like poster thing of a of a goblin. So I went up and I started chatting with them and everything, and I was like, hey, you know, I 
I do a podcast, you know, we, we covered you guys and everything, your first season, and I had all this stuff out for season two, and I'm like, I'd love to talk to you guys, my name's Justin, I do the Zingness podcast, and they're like, well, hey, come back in a little bit, Greg's off right now, but he'll be back soon, I was like, okay, awesome, so I walk off, come back, and I walk up, and they're like, oh, this is the guy we were telling you about, he does a podcast, the, um, the Blurry Photos podcast, this is David, <laughs> and I'm like, um... I'm Justin. I do the Zing This podcast. I'm just wearing another podcast or I know shirt. And he's like, oh, I'm real sorry. And I'm like, it's cool. <laughs> now to add to that, I ran into one of your listeners, Derek. Uh-oh. While wearing the same shirt. And they, I'm like, and they were wearing a Monster Among Us shirt. And I was like, oh, cool. You listen to that show. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, sweet. Do you enjoy the show at all? And they're like, yeah, yeah, I really like it. I'm like, I got a question because this has been something I've been wondering. Do you like the um, the round tables? And they're, she's like, I'm kind of indifferent to it, but my husband really likes them. And um, she's like, your voice sounds real. I'm like, I'm on the round tables. And she's like, oh, cool. Hey, honey, David Flores is here. <laughs> and I'm like... I'm the other one on Infamous. there. <laughs> Infamous. So now, now David can't go to the Mothman Festival anymore because who knows right. what Zinger did while he was there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna wear my Zing this shirt to the Mothman Festival and just start flipping tables. I'm gonna be like, Zing this sends his regards. <laughs> no, it was, it was just so funny because it was I'm like going around punching kids in the face. <laughs> Zing this. <laughs> both times i thought my ego was gonna go out through the roof that i was getting like recognized or remembered it was uh petered out to nothing at the expense of <laughs> you were Laura. remembered as somebody else <laughs> they remembered him oh my god i, I should have been like i'm not bald enough to be flora <laughs> you're not i'm actually stuck out <laughs> well, that'll really confuse him you got the goatee going Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean that's that's my that's and they funny. they were so cool to talk to. They were so nice. Um, they signed a tin can while I was standing there. Someone brought up a tin can they wanted signed. So that was I don't think it was the kid that they were talking about in the movie because they do talk about that at the end of the yeah I of the that. thing they they talk about. I don't think it was him because I swore I heard one of them say, "Oh, this is a oh someone else brought a can for us to sign." And it was one of those moments I'm like staring at, like, is this for real? <laughs> is, are they signing cans? Well, you know, I, I got to say this, though, especially for David and I, who are trying to put together our own documentary here in the next I can't six or so months. Uh, to do the roundtable for that one. <laughs> <laughs> it just be you and Toby and Derek and I will just be sitting here to the side, just like, just mm, we can't say anything. Just fuming. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're we're, we're going to go shot for shot and be like, okay, what what was going on here? What were you doing? That'd be hilarious. <laughs> Is this when you got heat stroke? Yeah. <laughs> no, we got heat stroke every single day. <laughs> but there's something to be said about, you know, doing this kind of thing. Like, there's not a lot of uh, paranormal uh, TV documentaries, that kind of thing out there, especially entertaining high value or high, uh, high, uh, high concept, high concept, I guess is the best way to say that. Like they, they're definitely filling a niche that needs to be filled by more people. Mm -hmm. So for that, I, I certainly, uh, commend them for, for, for putting that effort out, effort out and 20 hours worth of content. That's a ton of content. It's we're, work, true. we're working on getting our teaser edited. That's like four minutes and it's been like two months. So uh, just imagine yeah. how long it takes to put stuff like this together. So, um, uh, good on those guys for 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 doing all this, and and I think I think it certainly fictional or not, I certainly think it helps the paranormal field in some way. Mm -hmm. I agree. I and I and I don't want to like, uh, you know, sit around and bash on people who are going out there and and doing stuff and storytelling and taking all the stuff that is very interesting to learn about and talk about and putting it all on film and and keeping the story going. You know, I can't. I can't fault anybody for that. And I think at the end of the day, the the pros outweigh the cons yeah. uh, for it. And again, like I said, it took me kind of changing perspective to watch it and, and kind of saying, oh, this is this is more entertainment than real life. Something I should be like concerned and worried about, you mm -hmm. know, every time I step out the door. 
and then that made it that much more enjoyable uh, to me. So season two, I, you know, it, for what it's worth, I think it's a uh, it's all right. Yeah, and and I wonder if I see it a lot where where people in the in the field don't enjoy this. Like they're oh, we're glad they put it out, but I didn't enjoy it. This wasn't for me. And I'm wondering if they're looking at it the same way that we did. And that's why they can't separate themselves from it or separate reality from what they're watching. Uh, I wonder if they hear this and go back and watch parts of it again, if they can enjoy it then with that information. How about this? If anyone out there is listening that that watched this, didn't like it. Or thought it was straight up documentary, they were trying to really tell reality. Yeah. yeah. Go back and watch an episode or two and then see if that changes your perspective on it. Just you know, give it another shot and see see what you think there. And if, you know, if it is something that's, if it completely changes your mind, reach out to one of us. Let us know. Uh, we'd be really curious to see how other people perceive this, knowing that information or if they thought that information themselves. I, I just want to say this, and this is maybe me just trying to rationalize some stuff real quick, but I feel like my my separation from a lot of this stuff, if, if it is all real, if it is all real, was I'm not experiencing what you're experiencing, and if I were there, maybe I'd be more on board, but since I'm kind of sitting here in a room, it's sort of like... Because when they did the um, stuff at the bunkers, or at the TNT, the TNT. area... Mm-hmm. It did not capture how weird it is to be in one of those things, no. audio-wise. Because it is seriously... It did a little. Like, there was some weird echoing, but mm-hmm. no, it, yeah. it doesn't. It, it didn't. It's it's disorienting. It's it's very weird to be in those. And 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 the other thing is, I, I want one of their baseball bat lights, too. <laughs> I don't know if anyone yeah. else noticed. They had, like... I saw those. It looked like a baseball bat, but it had a light on the end. And I'm like, is that a tactical flashlight? <laughs> Probably. But, but no, I mean, I, I, w- I would love to go out with somebody doing one of these hunts or doing something like this so I can experience it. Because I said the spirit box stuff, cool, whatever. I, I don't get it. Uh, the At Mothman this year, someone did have, like, one of those that puts off radio static. Mm-hmm. And they recorded it while I was sitting in the bunker with them. But, I, but they're like, well, we'll go back and listen to the recording and see if we can hear anything. And I'm like, cool, whatever. I'm like, I, I don't see how that's going to translate to anything. Yeah, I won't get down that rabbit hole. But neither of those boxes, in my opinion, do a whole lot. Uh, the the radio frequency one, you're just I feel like you're simply picking up radio waves. Like, there's so many of them out there. You can hear clips of, like, commercials and songs. So you got to throw that stuff out. And then the other version that takes like environmental factors and translates them into uh, words selected from a, a bank of, of vocabulary words, I don't trust that either because it's just a program grabbing random words. I don't, I don't understand why they're selecting certain words for what reason, why this time. So a lot of those to me just, they're, they're gimmicks, they're toys, they're interesting, but like a dowsing rod. I yeah. feel like it's kind of like a parlor trick, if you will. I would even I'd even put more uh, stock into dowsing rods than I would something like that. <laughs> well, let me at tell least you, there's electromagnetic waves moved by water or something. Sure, you know what I mean? Sure. Like, <laughs> yeah, let me tell you this: my dad built his house uh, in the early '80s, and when it came time to dig a well, he called this old man. <laughs> he brought out sticks, and they dug the well exactly where it was. They hit water. But for 20 years, he ran out of water in that well all the time. So I don't know how good it was, but he did hit water because of the dowser. Oh, the one thing that uh, I just now remembered, they also um, got in, uh, were contacted by Michael the Archangel. Uh, what, what, how, that kind of came out of left field for me. <laughs> like, you're, okay, Michael, the, the Archangel is, is talking to you? I, okay, yeah, I remember that now. I was like, wait, what? He, I was like, he oh, had a yeah. few... Three minutes. Uh, they called. He was ready, available. He just answered the phone. Like, I mean, I I just did a whole two parter on John D. So that really stuck out to me. Like, uh, oh, okay. Is this is this the path we're taking? <laughs> is this the road we want to go down now? Okay. So next next season, look out, you guys. We're gonna gonna be talking about uh, the old uh, monad and the. Key of Solomon and stuff like that. <laughs> Everything's going to be tied together. There'll be angel wings everywhere they look. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, we should probably wrap this thing up. Let's maybe go around and say your final thoughts, I guess, on, on what we thought of the film or the series, I guess. David, you want to go first? Yeah, I like I said, I, I thought it was pretty chaotic with all the ideas they have, even though I, I loved, you know, all the, the disciplines they were they were pulling from. 
I think if they had focused on just a, a couple of those instead of all of them, it might have been a little bit tighter. I, again, went into it wondering if this was, you know, a quote-unquote real documentary and was kind of angered, you know, at first until I realized, wait a minute, if this is all made up, then this is really entertaining. Mm -hmm. And they did a good job putting this together, and I enjoyed it from then on. And it was a ride. It was It's a journey. And it was confusing, but it was still fun to be on. So <laughs> I think that I think all in all, it's uh, it, it's it's OK. It, it's uh, it's not as bad as I thought it would be. Boy, high praise. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I kind of feel the same way. I I mean, you guys, uh, a lot of you guys probably listened to the, the first round table. I wasn't a huge fan. Uh, I thought it looked good. There were certain parts of it I really enjoyed, but for the most part, uh, things like uh, they're looking for cryptids, so they bust out the spirit box. That bothered me so much. Like you're looking and for a living, cards. breathing creature. You're using all these ghost tools, but now looking back, I realize why they did that. You can't tie in all these tin cans and stuff like this without these words from nowhere. So it's a device they needed to tell this story. So looking back on all this kind of thing, like I forgive all that stuff, and it is an entertaining. It is an entertaining series. It's well done. Uh, the score, I really like the score. For some reason, it really it really touched me. Score's good, yeah. Everybody, like I said, and especially in this particular series, season two, uh, everybody was much more likable. I, like you uh -huh. said, I liked the addition of Tyler Strand. There was a ton of stuff that I, that I liked about this, and I don't want to mark, uh, <laughs> I don't want to knock on, um, uh, I don't have his name written down, Mark, uh, the director. There was something about him in the first series that I just... I don't know. It, it felt like it was Greg and Dana's story and he was in there trying to tell it or he was trying to not steal the glory. I didn't think he was doing anything like that. It was just not his story to tell. I felt like it, but he was there telling it, it rubbed me the wrong way in season two. However, uh, I thought all everything he added was great. I thought his addition to the team was great. I had no problem with anybody. The, the dynamics early on in season one, I bet I wouldn't have the same issues if I went back and watched it knowing now uh, what I do know. I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm rambling about. I, I, bottom line is I recommend you guys watch it. And if you find yourself not liking it, just remember this is a, a movie. This isn't a documentary. This is a movie. My opinion. <laughs> it's like a, yeah, uh, 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 like an ongoing kind of journey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's great. I, it, it's definitely new. I've never seen anything quite like this before. And, and that's hard to do this time, uh, you know, these, these times. To come Absolutely. up with something new that no one's seen before is next to impossible. So for them to put something like this together, like you said, we've seen Blair Witch. We've seen a couple movies like this, but we've never seen like a 10-part series, a 20-part series for that matter, or 19 or whatever yeah. this thing ended up being. So, uh, yeah, good on good on those guys for putting this together. Um, I guess my final thoughts are I'm glad most of this episode did not go into why'd you make us do this, Zinger? Because I was not the one that initiated this one this time, but... I guess I'm still to blame. Um, my thing is the eye-openingness of your guys' response to of it. Of it's it's they're they're telling a story through the lens of a documentary is interesting. Uh, I will say this: I'm I'm on I'm on your guys' fence, but I will, Greg, uh, Dana, if you would like to have me come along for <laughs> one of your shoots and prove me wrong, zingness at gmail.com. Just saying. I would be willing to go with to to because that, that's the thing I want to kind of experience this from their lens if it is real because I'm like there 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 is that detachment of I'm a person sitting on a couch you're somebody out in the woods I I don't know what I can do to make me attached to this to where I'm 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 on board for everything that's going on without being there and seeing like it happen mm -hmm. in yeah. front of me so but no I I enjoyed it. Um, they're definitely telling a very interesting story. This has gotten, I mean, it's something that's being talked about a lot by a lot of people. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see where this continues to go. And I, I kind of find it fun to do these roundtables. I mean, on, on other shows, I mean, for other stuff too, but definitely I think Hellier will be a recurring thing. And if I will, um, Hellier to the redemption from, um, from of course our thoughts the first time on this, it, I think it has redeemed itself in my eyes. I would agree with that. Hellier two, Hellier risen. <laughs> <laughs> Hellier two, ah oh, hell no. <laughs> yeah. Hellier two, oh hell yeah. <laughs> Hellier three, hell we go again. 
<laughs> well, uh, uh, thank you, gentlemen, for uh, coming on and talking about this. It's fun. I hope everybody out there uh, has enjoyed um, hearing our perspective on it. Uh, if you want to know more, let's uh, let's go around, Derek. Let's start with you on how to find more from you. Well, you can find Monsters Among Us podcast wherever fine podcasts are sold. You can also find us on uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And I should add, December 18th on Travel Channel, you can catch a sneak peek of the second season of Paranormal Caught on Camera. No idea what time it is, but it's the 18th of December on Travel Channel. Ooh. Um, you can, of course, find me, Zinger, on the Zingness podcast, where we talk about nerdy topics, which sometimes go into the world of the paranormal. But uh, you can, of course, find that as well on um, most podcatchers. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, wherever you can find great podcasts, such as the gentleman I've just been speaking with. And to round it all out, sir, where can people find you? You can find Blurry Photos at blurryphotos.org. All places that uh, you can find your regularly uh, scheduled podcasts, like these guys. I'm uh, on Twitter, blurry underscore photos, and Facebook. Just search blurry photos podcast. You can find all that stuff probably on any of our respective websites. We we all uh, talk to each other pretty regularly anyway, so shouldn't be hard to find any of us. Thanks again, guys, and thanks uh, everybody out there for listening. So for uh, Justin at Zing This, and for Derek at Monsters Among Us, I've been David from Blurry Photos Podcast. See you guys later. Talk to you soon. Have a good night. Bye.